Greetings, friends and fellow passionate entrepreneurial teachers. It is 5.04 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yes, I did miss Monday. I had no voice. Uh, it was a, a very fun weekend. Um, it had kind of been, I'd been losing my voice, like I'm sure you heard if you've listened to this podcast through the end of last week. And then Saturday, we had a tournament within our martial arts organization um, that was a lot of fun. My son got first in the kata division, which is like forms competition. Um, so that was awesome. And I'm really proud of him. He worked really hard. And uh, But I was judging a lot all day. So a lot of projecting over the crowd and being enthusiastic and all that kind of stuff. And then Sunday, we did a Spartan race at Fenway, which is pretty cool. It was a stadium Spartan. And uh, so we got to run all through Fenway. You even get to like go through the locker rooms. You end up on top of the stadium where you're, you know, looking out over the city of Boston. Uh, And it's a pretty neat thing, even though I'm not a a baseball fan. But it was chilly and my asthma was very not happy. So by Monday, my throat and my lungs were miserable. So um, I apologize if I've left you hanging uh, up to this point. Um, My topic for today is not about politics, I promise. But it was inspired to some degree by last Thursday's Republican debate, which is interesting to watch. Um, And the the thing that really struck me that I've kind of I've come across before actually John Tanaka and I have talked about it on his podcast on Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role playing games this topic has come up of the f- the fact that the age of black and white is gone that age of things being simple and and just having this nice clean cut good versus evil is, is in a lot of ways, a thing of the past. So what got me thinking about it last Thursday was, um, you know, without getting into it, because I do not know enough about the topic to get into it, but they were asking the five candidates that dared to be on stage. um, They're asking the five Republican candidates who decided to show up uh, about the Israel-Palestine issue. Um, The Israel-Palestine slash Hamas, there's, you know, those two things are are kind of getting confused, but they are separate things. Um, And Chris Christie was the only one that really talked about it from all the sides. The other candidates really wanted to keep it this kind of good versus evil. Israel's the good guy. Hamas and Palestine are the bad guys. And and that does make life easier when we can keep things very simply divided with us versus them. But very rarely do things actually happen like that in reality. So there there is an enemy, but it's not necessarily the innocent people of Palestine. And and I think that's one of the reasons why actually so in Boston, Massachusetts for the Fenway Spartan and in Springfield, Massachusetts, where we had our martial arts tournament, both times leaving um, both events on both days, Saturday and Sunday, there was traffic that was a little bit held up 
by protesters that were marching carrying Palestinian flags. Um, and I think there's a lot of nuance. Again, I'm not going to speak on this this topic. It's just it's not the Axis powers and the ally powers like, you know, like in um, World War II, where it just really felt like there was this very there's there's the bad guys and there's the good guys. And it makes it easy to know who to rally behind. But as our world gets more and more connected and and borders and, and barriers get broken down as we communicate through the Internet and and all of the different ways that we can connect to the world around us we start to realize that it's not as simple as as we'd like it to be. And the way that it it's shown up in the Dragon Mind podcast that um, I get to uh, join John on every once in a while for Barring Brilliance episodes, we've talked about just those nuances. So there's kind of this trope in Dungeons and Dragons of like the murder hobos, the uh, <laughs> the players that just go around and just kill everything they see like it's a video game and everything is bad and all you're trying to do is just get to the prize at the end and you get to just kill all the monsters between you and your end goal you know and there's there's people that play the game that way but a a lot of tables now don't play like that there's more nuance that they bring in to the storytelling and the role playing where a lot of times there are solutions to the problem or the conflict beyond just ending up in combat and you know just just taking out you know the the opponent or the bad guy there are times where you can negotiate your way out of a situation or you don't necessarily have to maybe you end up in combat but you don't have to you know destroy the enemy completely you can you know figure something out you can take him captive whatever. There's there's all of these options that go beyond the traditional idea of the video game. Um, actually, my son plays this game uh, called Undertale. It's a, a video game. He plays it on Steam on the PC. And that game has been praised for its storytelling. It's It only takes about seven or eight hours to play through. Um, it's like a, a closed loop game. But the way that it's set up, you can make dynamic choices. And there's actually kind of, you know, there's multiple choices you can make throughout it. But in the end, there's there's three main routes you can play. You can play the pacifist route, where you try to, you know, avoid combat as much as possible. And that gets you one ending. And then there's the neutral route, where, you know, you kind of, sometimes you negotiate with the the opponent sometimes you don't you know and that gives you another ending to the story and then there's the um uh, not so pleasantly named genocide route where you just kill everything on your way to the end and that gives you a very different ending and I remember uh there was a little bit of concern getting the game just because um his his dad had heard about it but hadn't had never played it himself. So there was a little bit of concern, especially like genocide route sounds like not amazing. Um, So then we talked to a friend who has played the game and he kind of explained it to us. And so we set my son up to understand, you know, if you choose to go through just destroying everything you see at the end of the game, the ending that you get is basically like, hey, you didn't have to do all that killing. That wasn't really a nice choice. You know, the game kind of tells you like you're a bad person because you murdered everybody. Um, <laughs> so it really presents this this kind of uh, 
a shock of a moral mirror on the back end that a lot of people aren't ready for. So we made sure, you know, he was ready going into it. And he actually very reluctantly completed all three paths. He saved he saved the genocide route for the the very last and he wanted to do it because he loved the game so much. He wanted to get all of the endings, but he really wasn't happy about doing it because the way that the game sets you up, you you kind of, you know, there's a, a I guess I haven't played it myself, but there's a cool story involved and it really isn't black and white. There's it's there's I don't know enough about it but there's something about the melding of like it's there's monsters and it's somehow connected and you're trying to fight your way out or something I'm not really sure that's a terrible description um but there's there's a humanity to the monsters if you let there be and are they really monsters or are they just different than you and I think that that's one of the challenges that some people may be having in our world today is things used to be a lot more good guy, bad guy. Um, here's another example. I, I read, I remember reading the Redwall series by Brian Jacques um, way back. He first started writing them in I'm pretty sure like the 90s. Um, and then he wrote through the, you know, the 20 aughts. Um, and there's a whole bunch of them. I actually reread them a couple of years ago just to kind of close out the series. And I remember being struck as I reread through them how awkwardly black and white the characters were presented. So if you've never read the Redwall series, it's kind of these woodland creatures, imaginary world, and, you know, the mice and the rabbits and the squirrels and the hedgehogs are all good guys. And then the rats and the weasels and the ferrets and animals like that are the bad guys. And it is very clearly delineated who's good and who's bad to the point where in some of the books... One of the, the, like, the evil, like, types of creatures, like a, a rat, you know, will be adopted by the caring redwall creatures, and they still can't overcome their nature. They still end up becoming a terrible, mean, evil creature. It's like they can't overcome who they were born to be, and it felt really kind of uncomfortable where I wouldn't, I didn't even notice it. I feel like back when I read it originally, when it was coming out in the, you know, in the nineties, it, it just, I don't know. It was just, yeah, good guys, bad guys. That's the way it is, right? Like every Disney movie ever, good guy, bad guy, and you root for the good guy. And and then, you know, we all go home happily ever after. And now in, in the age of you know, <laughs> the Avengers and, you know, Captain America, Civil War, there's just, we're more aware of the fact that there's not a whole lot of pure evil in the world. There's definitely people that could be doing a lot better than they are. But if you take the time to actually pay attention to why they are the way they are, why they have the perspective that they have, you, you find a lot more humanity behind it. Um, I was, uh, we, I've been watching kind of on and off, um, but a series on Amazon Prime called The Expanse, which I found out recently was also, was based on a book. Um, 
so I, I might need to find that book and read it. Uh, but um, and there there was one scene like four seasons in. Um, I'm not spoiling anything too much, but there's there was a conflict. Um, you know, there's like this unknown force, and then there were two groups of people that were trying to figure out what to do with it that started to come at odds at conflict with each other because they couldn't agree on how to deal with this unknown thing that was happening. And what I really liked about the way the show handled it was you could, the guy who was obviously making the not good choice, the guy who was in that moment, the bad guy was doing the best that he knew how. And what I, what I liked most was after that kind of concluded as the show continued he wasn't now a bad guy. He got incorporated back into the good guys. It was just in this moment, the perspective that he had, the life experience that he had was telling him that the safest choice was this thing that he felt was right to do, but was actually going to like kill them all. You know, it was, it was really, but not the right choice, but he was operating on the only information that he had. And he was trying to do what he thought was right. And in the end, most people are trying to do what they think is right. The age of black and white is gone. We can't just look at another person and say, oh, that's a good guy. He's on my side. Or that's a bad guy. He's on the other side. I need to destroy him. That that is just that's a myth that has probably never existed, but definitely has been broken down by the connected world that we live in. And John and I were just recording another Barring Brilliance episode today. Um, If you have any interest in uh, tabletop role-playing games or Dungeons and Dragons, again, his podcast is Dragon Mind. The episode we just recorded that will probably take a little bit to come out, um, but it was on playtesting, how to run a, you know, a a beneficial playtest, how to run a successful playtest. And this topic you know, came up even in that episode. And the the fact that the best way to get people on your side is to listen to them. That classic Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, seek first to understand, then be understood. Because if you come in hot with your opinion and why the other person is wrong, they have almost no choice but to fall into the very human response of defending what they know and believe, the truth that they have lived through their life based on what they were taught from their parents and their community and all of their life experience. That's that's all we know is what we've personally experienced. So if you want to start to move someone or open someone's perspective beyond what they already know, the best way to do it is to get curious about what they know, how they see the world, how their mind works, why they think the way that they think. And once you tap into their humanity and you've taken the time to listen to them and understand them, now that's going to, you're going to have the rapport to open a conversation about potentially conflicting views. And you're also going to have a better understanding of, of how you can help to start to move them in a direction if they are wrong about whatever their opinion is because they you know most opinions are um based on 
our own individual life experience, but that doesn't make them right. And there are some views that are just straight up wrong, especially if they're harmful to other people. Um, but you're not going to change them by shouting at them. <laughs> you need to, to see them as the human that they are and really just kind of model what it means to, to be a kind, caring human towards others if you want any hope of them being able to find that within themselves. Uh, so that is my thought for today. The age of black and white is gone and we are firmly in the mud of humanity. And I think as difficult as it is, it's a better place to be. And I think the more that we can gently help move people towards this idea of it's not A or B, it's A through Z and beyond, then the the better we can all start to figure out how to work together in a way that makes sense for everyone involved. Um, so that is my thought for today. Uh, and of course, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep being you. Mm-hmm.